Mama, tell me who did this to you. <laughs> I stayed right there on the floor with my mother until she was able to tell me who hurt her. It seemed like forever for her to be able to form the words. Can you talk now, Mama? <laughs> it, it was the cropper. Before I left for college, I taught my mom how to calculate the sharecropping totals. I didn't trust that the cropper wouldn't take advantage of her again. He kept saying the totals were right. I knew he was lying. He'd been lying to me for weeks. Maybe I should have just kept my mouth shut. I just couldn't let him cheat me anymore. All it took for that man to break my mama's bones was one little sentence. I don't think that sounds right. My sisters and I nursed my mama back to health. It was a while before she could get around without help. I took extra shifts at the laundry to help mama with her bills. And I worked with a different cropper during harvest season. It would be a few years before I could save up enough money to get myself to Chicago. I'm sure gonna miss you, Bessie. Maybe I shouldn't go, mama. I don't like leaving you here all alone. I ain't alone. I got Alois, Nihilus, and Georgia to help me. You've been wanting to go to Chicago so bad. All aboard! It's your time, Bessie. I'll send for you as soon as I can, I promise. Okay, baby. Girls, say goodbye to your sister. I love you. <laughs> Leaving Waxahachie was bittersweet. But as I pulled away from the station, I knew it was the right decision. American Urban Radio Networks and Flying Free Films present Invisible Eagles' Bessie Coleman, presented by AARP, and starring Quivenjanae Wallace as Bessie. Episode 2, Dreaming of Flying. Back in a moment. Did you know that AARP is fighting for America's over 48 million family caregivers who help adults live independently in their homes instead of being forced into nursing homes? Family caregivers need common sense solutions that will save them time and money and provide them with more support. Go to AARP.org for more information on caregiving. Now, back to the story. I was 24 when I arrived in Chicago. My brother Walter met me at the train station. Bessie, over here. Walter? Oh my goodness, you changed so much. Me? You weren't knee-high to a grasshopper last time I saw you. <laughs> you a grown woman now. Indeed I am. Let's get on home. I couldn't believe sounds like this existed or that buildings could go so high into the sky. I felt like I was transported onto another planet. Is it always this noisy around here? I had a hard time adjusting at first, too. Soon, it won't be noise. You'll start hearing the music in the city. On our way to Walter's apartment, I walked by women wearing colors and patterns and fabric I'd never seen before. Satin and lace, denim and feathers, leather and even pants. Walter, please take me to where I can get clothes like that. You can buy those clothes all around Chicago. But you're gonna need some money first with your broke self. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I appreciate you letting me sleep on your couch, big brother. In the morning, I'll take you by the office where they find women domestic jobs. No! Beggars can't be choosers. I'll die if I have to clean houses again. 
die. Just give me a few days to figure something out. I'll start earning my keep. Mm, I don't know. Things are already pretty tight. Pretty please, with sugar on top? Come on, I'm your baby sister. Please. <laughs> okay, fine. You always have been a brat. Well, soon, I'm gonna be a very well-dressed brat. A few days later, I enrolled at the Burnham School of Beauty Culture to learn manicuring. <sighs> now, are you sure this is the place for someone like yourself? Chicago racism was a little more creative than what I was used to down south. Yes, I'm quite sure. Okay. Well, this is a tough course. Try to keep up. I learned what I needed to know as quick as possible and got out of there with my certificate. I got a job manicuring at a salon owned by a black woman named Phyllis. So I told that fool he better start taking me out to the finest restaurants and nightclubs or he could find another piece of arm candy. <laughs> I liked Phyllis immediately. Bessie, you need to go on and find some butts to put in that seat. You ain't paying me booth rent to sit by the window looking pretty. I needed clients quick. Walter was not playing about his rent. Stop pacing, Walter. I don't get why you still broke. I have to get clients to get paid. So go get clients. It ain't that simple. You eating me out of house and home, Bessie. I can't afford all these extra bills. Don't worry, I'll bring you some money. Soon, Bessie. Excuse me, could I interest you in a manicure? No, thank you. Ma'am, I got top shelf manicures at low, low prices. I don't need no manicure, girl. I started to wonder if I should have pursued a different career path. Hi, can I can I just talk to you for a moment? Stop following me. Uh, what you over there making noise about, Bessie? I don't know anybody in Chicago. How am I supposed to find customers? Mm, you know what? I got the perfect spot. Turns out Phyllis's perfect spot was a gin joint called Dobsey's. I felt free at the club. The music was loud and dancing helped me forget about my problems for a little while. I couldn't stop watching you from across the room. And what exactly were you looking at? Only the finest chippy up in this joint. I bet you say that to all the girls. What you drinking, pretty lady? A soda. <laughs> Can I get you a real drink? I'm fine with what I got. Okay. Well, my name's Abel and I live right down the street. While Abel was babbling on, I inspected his nails. <laughs> Occupational habit, I guess. Your nails are a disgrace. What'd you expect? <laughs> I ain't no lady. Yes, but ladies don't want a man scratching them with raggedy claws like this. I know I'd want something softer rubbing on my body. Is that right? Why don't you let me fix you up right? I ain't never been in no salon before. Come and see me tomorrow. You'll feel right at home. And just like that, I have my first regular customer. So, what do you do, Abel? I'm a pilot. For the military? Crop dusting. Ain't never gonna let us fly for Uncle Sam. I did hear about a black man from Georgia that's fighting for the French. They call him the Black Swallow of Death. So if a black man can fly, you think a black woman could too one day? It's hard work, and it takes a strength to control a plane that, if I'm frank, a lady doesn't have. You're telling me you don't think a woman is strong enough to fly planes? <laughs> that's right. Have you ever had a baby, Abel? 
From what I understand, it's the worst pain you can endure. And women do it every single day. That's different. You're right. Because you think a woman isn't strong enough to fly a plane. We know a man couldn't have a baby. <laughs> I know that's right. Abel, I think maybe you should rethink your opinions on what women can and can't do. Now, who the hell is that knocking on my window? As it turns out, sitting at the front window manicuring a fellow was great marketing. All it took was a man to see another man getting his nails buffed to walk in for their own appointment. Can I get what he got? I'll be right with you. Have a seat. Every day, shoot, every hour, a man will walk in looking to sit in my chair. You got time to fix my fingers, too? I'm with someone now, but you can take a seat and wait. The business started booming. Soon I was able to get myself out of the doghouse with Walter. 27, 28. He was about one day away from a train ticket back to Waxahachie. And you know, I finally updated my wardrobe. I'll take all of them. And I could treat myself to more nights out with my new friend, Phyllis. Bessie, I want you to meet my friend, Percy. He owns his own business. But then, my brother started trying to marry me off to his raggedy friends. I'm not interested. He said it was because I seemed lonely. But I think he just wanted me out of his apartment. Come on, just give him a chance. He can take care of you. I don't need taken care of. You can't live on my couch the rest of your life. If you want me to move out, just say that. I don't want that. I'm just looking out for your future. Walter, if you don't get out of my face. Well, look at this. Bessie Coleman has been named the best and fastest manicurist by the Chicago Defender. You're listening to Invisible Eagles' Bessie Coleman, presented by AARP. AARP is fighting for America's over 48 million family caregivers who help older adults live independently in their homes instead of being forced into nursing homes. Every day, family caregivers assist their older parents, spouses, siblings, grandparents, and other loved ones so they can live independently in their homes where they want to be. They help with everything, including medications and Medicare, meals, bathing and dressing, finances, grocery shopping, transportation, and more. Go to AARP.org for more information on caregiving. Now, back to the story. Phyllis, can I talk to you a second? Of course, baby. I think it might be time for me to find another salon to work at. What? Why are you trying to leave? It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> I already know that. What is it then? I just think that with that article coming out about me, I could use it to get a job somewhere else and make more money. <laughs> I have to get my mom and sister out of Texas. You understand that, don't you? <sighs> of course I understand. I'm just going to miss you is all. I know you ain't think you get rid of me that easy. <laughs> <laughs> the busiest barbershop in town belonged to the Chicago White Sox. I decided that was where I needed to go next. Hi, I'm Bessie Coleman, the best and fastest manicurist in Chicago. Who do I need to speak to about getting a job here? Hold on there. This ain't no beauty shop. This is a place for men. How many men in here have a woman? So, lots of single men. Got it. I'm going to let y'all in on a little secret. Women like men with smooth hands. I don't know. I don't know what happened to all that soft hand stuff. Ah. Those calluses on y'all's hands put runs in our stockings and scratches on our skin. 
If you work with me, you'll have much better luck with the women. I guarantee it. Okay. Can I get an appointment with you? You got time to fix my fingers, too. Well, okay, then. Welcome to the White Sox Barbershop. It was a little weird at first, working around all those men. Who moved my hand lotion? Oh, so nobody wants to fess up? <laughs> but soon, it started to feel like I had a bunch of brothers. Mess with my stuff again, and I'm putting hair remover in all y'all shaving cream. <laughs> Robert. Robert Abbott was the editor and publisher of the Chicago Defender. He came in once a week for a haircut and shave with the owner of the shop. Have a seat, Robert. I'll be right with you. Take your time. Mr. Abbott, I could freshen up your nails while you wait. Is that your nice way of saying my nails need some work? <laughs> I, I, I would never. <laughs> I'm just pulling your chain. Bessie, right? The fastest and best manicurist in Chicago? In the flesh. Well, all right then. Robert became one of my best customers. Becoming a millionaire isn't a realistic goal for regular folks. I know you're not calling me regular. Never. But you have to admit that saying you're going to be a millionaire is like saying you're going to have lunch tomorrow on the moon. Well, I don't know nothing about the dining options on the moon. But what I do know is if Madam C.J. Walker can become a millionaire by making products for colored women, I can find my passion and do it, too. Touche, Miss Coleman. Why don't you come over to my house for dinner tomorrow night? My wife, Ellen, is making her world-famous pot roast. <laughs> I'd love to. The Abbots lived in a part of Chicago called the Gold Coast. Why did folks call it that? Because everybody who lived there was gold-level rich. Bessie, welcome. Please come in. This is my wife, Helen. Helen, this is Bessie Coleman. Nice to meet you, Mrs. Abbott. Helen Abbott was much taller than her husband. She was a pretty woman, but she kept her mouth pursed like she passed the time sucking on lemons. I've heard a lot about you, Miss Coleman. Call me Bessie, and I'm sure only some of what you've heard is true. <laughs> <laughs> come, let's eat. I'm happy you could join us tonight, Bessie. Thank you for inviting me over. I've never been to this part of town before. I don't see why you would have business in this neighborhood. It's very exclusive. Exclusive? How? Pardon me? This neighborhood is exclusively for who? Important people, naturally. Are you married, Bessie? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I don't have time to be settled down by some man. What on earth could you be spending your time on that's more important? Well, dear, Bessie is the best manicurist in Chicago. You commented the other day how nice my hands have been looking. Well, that's all well and good, but is manicuring more important than settling down with a nice man and giving him children? <coughs> Ch children? Who said anything about having babies? You're a woman, aren't you? I can do more for this world than fill it with people. More like what? Excuse me? You're from the Deep South, correct? I'm not sure what that has to do with... And you didn't go to college? I did, actually. Okay, then I assume you didn't finish. So, what could a lightly educated colored girl from the South possibly do for this world, aside from populating it with people who might grow to actually be somebody? Helen? I'm just curious what this young woman plans to do with her life. How old are you, Bessie? I'm 26. See? Before she knows it, she'll be over 30 and all the men will be married off. The old maid conversations were starting to come more frequently. 
but the age of a woman doesn't mean a thing. In fact, the best tunes are played on the oldest fiddles. I appreciate your concern, Mrs. Abbott, but I am going to amount to something. To my own people, and maybe even to the world, and I'll do it all without marrying a man or birthing a child. Well, cheers to that. After surviving Helen Abbott's questions, I made my way out of the Gold Coast and back to the normalcy of my new apartment on the south side. Bessie! Walter, what are you doing here? Did you hear? White men killed a black kid! A riot started! What was that? We need to get inside. What are they saying on the radio? Eugene Williams, a Southside teenager, drowned in the waters of Lake Michigan today. Witnesses say he appeared to be an inexperienced swimmer, and the current- He didn't just drown? Percy was at the lake today. He said that boy was swimming in the current brought him over to White's only line. Those crackers threw rocks at him until he went under. That's terrible. Everybody saw him kill that boy, and the police won't do nothing. And the KKK is starting trouble all through the Southside. Oh my goodness. Get down. <laughs> the race riots of 1919 lasted for 13 days. Walter and I, Ran out of food after 10 days. This is the last of it. There's gotta be something else in there. We couldn't risk leaving the house. People were dying out there. I was just glad we were together. When all was said and done, 38 people were dead. 23 of ours and 15 of theirs. I rode through my city and I couldn't believe my eyes. Countless buildings were burned People were sleeping on the streets because their homes and belongings were gone. The president later said that the white race were the aggressors. White people were the instigators of the race riots in both Chicago and Washington, D.C. But a lot of good that did for the people suffering in the streets. It took a long time, but eventually Chicago got back to normal. And so did everyday life. I'm just happy to be home, Robert. I don't much like French food. My other brother, John, came home from the war and paid us a visit at the barbershop. Ah, yeah. The French make some of the best pastries, though, John. You know, I did have a chocolate croissant that changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> did you get a chance to see Eugene Bullet fly? It must be a sight to see the black swallow of death up in the sky. I didn't see him, but get this. The French are letting women fly. Really? I think they're crazy, but it's true. <laughs> women are flying in France. Well, American woman pilots are getting more popular too. Oh, so everyone's lost their minds then. Get with it, John. The modern woman can vote, smoke, drink, wear pants, choose not to get married, and even fly planes. Hell, I might learn to be a pilot. I bet I'd be better at it than you could ever be. <laughs> not all women are the same, Bessie. And French women are. <laughs> That's French for amazing. I done picked up a few things over there. What's so amazing about them? For one, they ain't all full of sass like you. Shut up! French women may be up there flying like men, but they still pretty as a flower when they're on the ground. Y'all colored women could never be as soft and silky as them. <laughs> and you certainly couldn't fly as good. Well, that's it. You just called it for me. Called what? I'm gonna be a pilot, and I'll do it better than your little French girls. Baloney. <laughs> A colored woman pilot. <laughs> I started applying to flight schools that day. And a month later, I received my first rejection letter. Thank you for applying. 
Unfortunately, we cannot consider you for admittance into our flight school. It is common knowledge that Negroes have heavier bones than whites, and it would be irresponsible of us to allow you to board a plane. <sighs> heavier bones? Well, a woman is like a tea bag. You can't tell how strong she is until you put her in hot water. And I was about to be thrown into a pot of boiling hot water. You're listening to Invisible Eagles, Bessie Coleman, presented by AARP, a production of American Urban Radio Networks and Flying Free Films.